All right, y'all give me a little bit. Where are we at in Matthew? What are we up to? We're up to chapter 12. There's been some good, good reading. 1221, Brother Shannon said. What stuck out to you in 1221? In his name, I think it was Peter said, there is no other name given unto men under heaven but the name of Jesus, right? Amen. This prophetic word that in his name. Mm. Oh, Isaiah was full. Uh, constantly we've been seeing Isaiah over and over again. Yeah, Isaiah. He says, look in verse number 18. Well, let's just start in verse number 15 of chapter number 12. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and a great multitude followed him, and he healed them all. That is, those that he healed, he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known. And here he is warning them not to make him known. And uh, what did they do? They went and told. Then he tells everybody else to go make him known or to go make him known and nobody's going to tell. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah. Remember, there's another phrase there. That it might be what? Fulfilled. Verse 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, Behold, and that word is a what? Faith word. That's a faith word. You've got to see this by faith. My servant which is talking about Jesus, whom I have chosen. That's the narrow way. Why, why is it a narrow way? Why did Jesus say choose the narrow way? The narrow gate, the narrow gate, the narrow way is a difficult way. Why will many not choose the narrow way? That's why it's narrow. It is exclusive to Jesus. <laughs> If you have other options to live by, you're not in the narrow gate. You're not in the narrow gate. If you have other options to live by, you are not entering in by the narrow gate. It's narrow because there's only one answer. God's answer. And His answer is His servant. And His servant is His Son and that is what separates Jesus from all others, is the fact that He is the anointed one, the one who is the Messiah, God's only option. Now, you can talk about God all day long to people, and people will rejoice with you, but when you start talking about Jesus, it starts separating you from everybody else. Amen. And when I say Jesus, not just a Jesus that... Most Americans have conceived in their mind. We're talking about taking it back to what this biblical Jesus who's been prophesied would come, who would fulfill everything that the Father said, who did what He said He was going to do. We're talking about that Jesus, not a Jesus we conceive in our mind. We live in a society today that has fashion a Jesus that fits with them. That's why so many around the world, that's why so many... In, in our day, we'll say, look, he, you may not let the, the gay and lesbian and homosexuals preach in our church, but we let them in our church. See, that's somebody who's fashioned a Jesus to fit their own lifestyle, but not the biblical Jesus, not God's son. 
So we have to look at that. Yeah, your Jesus may not let you do that, but my Jesus will. Well, we want to make sure the Jesus will, who we're talking about. And not one that has been fabricated with lies and falsehoods and untruths. We're talking about the Jesus for whom God has unveiled to us, whom we're reading about right now, who thought, acted, lived differently than what is propagated by, by many out there. No different than what Jesus... We've been reading it. What did Jesus say? That if the things that have been done in these certain areas, no different than like Nineveh, they would have repented or turned long ago had they been done. And there's a greater prophet than what Jonah was, meaning himself. Same way when he said, hey, if the things that you have seen, Sodom and Gomorrah will rise up in the judgment and condemn those for not responding to the message of Jesus. Because there's a greater than Solomon. There's a greater than Jonah. And it's all wrapped up in his servant. That one single option God has given men. But why did he say there's coming a day that many will try to enter in at a later day. Like when Jesus returns or when they meet Jesus finally, but they meet Him without mercy and they want to enter in. They want to enter in and what is Jesus going to tell them? I don't know you. But why will they choose Him then? They've run out of options and they're going to see Him for who He is, but it's too late then, isn't it? Very similar to Noah. When Noah was on that, and what did Noah do? He preached. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Noah pleaded with men that those waters were coming. The Bible even tells us in Isaiah 54, 9, that it describes those waters as the waters of Noah. That is saying that it's the waters of Noah because Noah was known for the message that he preached. And people wouldn't respond to it because they had multiple options. They chose other options than what God presented to them through Noah. And when the flood waters came, they didn't know judgment was going to fall upon them. They disregarded that option of God and chose their own. And he says in the later day, when Jesus, when the Son of Man comes again, he said it's going to be just like the days of Noah. People are going to continue to celebrate. They're going to continue to marry. They're going to continue to have feasts. They're going to do what normal people do with multiple options on how to live life. But they're not going to be sold out on God's one option, the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is that. Behold my servant, verse 18, I have chosen, my beloved whom I, my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to who? Oh, man, he declares justice, righteousness to us, the Gentiles, the heathens. He will not quarrel, nor will he cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will do what? They're going to trust. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, when you trust Him, does He make a difference in your life? Amen. Does He make a difference? Is that difference everlasting? Is that difference a continual growing to be more like Him? He makes a difference when you trust Him. He transforms when we 
trust him. So yes, in his name the Gentiles will trust. Praise be unto God. Amen? Amen. I'm glad I can trust him. Mm. I'm glad he's done something that I can trust. I'm glad he is somebody who is trustworthy. Look if you would, go back to chapter number 11. Verse 1 says, Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples that he departed there to teach and to preach in their cities, the, the, the cities of the disciples where they had been called out from. Remember Jesus said that a prophet is not without honor, where? In his own country. In his own country. Why, why do people uh, not really receive the message from a prophet in their own country? Why is that? being too familiar with them. You get too familiar with somebody, it's going to hinder you and what you receive from that somebody. That's why they wouldn't receive things from Jesus. They were too familiar with him. Isn't that who? That's what they said when he would teach and preach and do. Isn't that, isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't that that old boy we watched grow up around here? Isn't that him? I mean, he teaches with authority. Man, he's doing mighty things. But they were way too familiar with him. Therefore, they wouldn't accept what he was, was saying. And that's what we, even we have to guard from that with getting so familiar with one another that we fail to hear one another. We fail to hear where somebody's at in their journey. And things just kind of shoot by because, okay, I, I, I've heard that enough. I've heard that again and again. I've heard them tell that again and again. And it has no effect because you get too familiar and you miss out. And, and there was a lot they missed out on in Jesus' hometown that he did not do with them because they were just way too familiar with him. No different than, say, Levi and Peter when he sent them out and gave them a message to go do what they were going to do, that's what chapter 10 was dealing with, when he told them to don't take any extra money with them, don't take any extra things with them, I'm going to teach you that I'm going to take care of you, the Father's going to take care of you, you don't need all that, he's going to meet your need, and that's not what you're going for. To begin with, you're going to preach the message of the kingdom, and you're going to see God do wonderful things, and the places he sent them, then he goes and preaches and teaches in their cities and shares the message. He goes on to say, and John heard while he was in prison about the works that Christ did, and he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Why do you think John might have said that? Is there, what, what would that be? John saw the prophetic word unfold. Remember in the first few verses of chapter number three, the scripture says clearly that, that God gave a prophetic word to John, said you will see him and you will see the spirit descend upon him like a dove. And John saw all that. John heard the voice from heaven. Why is he now questioning? Remember Jesus said that you, you must baptize me that we could fulfill all righteousness together. And now John's questioning whether is he really who he says he was? Is he the right one? Exactly why, I don't know, even Jesus brings it about and said, go tell John this. And he gives him a list. Go tell him everything you've been seeing. Then he says, blessed is the one who is not offended in me. 
Was John offended? I don't know. Well, he's hemmed up. Here's a guy who had been preaching the word, had great authority, had people flocking to him. I mean, groves of people coming to him. And now he's locked up and isolated in a prison. And I imagine there was a lot of questions, questions going on in his mind. But you've got to keep in mind, when they put John in prison, what did Jesus do? Jesus took and went the other way. He never went and visited him, never went and seen him, never went and talked to him. I think there was a sense, and John was a, was a human just like you and me. Has anybody ever offended you because they didn't reach out to you in a, in a manner you thought should have been timely? They didn't check on you, didn't come visit you, didn't come see you. You felt isolated, felt like, hey, I gave my life to this and now I've been left alone or abandoned and he was he was offended and therefore that offense began to cloud his judgment and as a result he's questioning whether or not is he really the one because if he's really the one he would he would he would be for me and he was but he had an assignment he had a mission to do and this is what he tells him to go back and tell Verse 4 says, Jesus answered and said, Go and tell John these things which you hear and see. Number one, the blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is what? Not offended in me. Blessed is he. Now let's reverse that. Let's reverse number five, verse five. The gospel is preached to them. What happens when the gospel is preached? Who is it preached to? The poor in what? The poor in spirit. What happens to the poor in spirit when they hear the gospel? They are raised from what? They are brought to life, amen. They are raised from the dead, from being spiritually dead. What happens when you're raised from being dead? Now you have ears to what? Hear. What do you hear? That you've been cleansed from your sin sickness, your leprosy. Then you're given legs and feet to walk and follow after him and you've been given eyes to see the glories of the kingdom. I mean, that's the, that, that's the work of the gospel right there. It's in reverse. The gospel's proclaimed. It's proclaimed to the poor in spirit. When the poor in spirit hear the gospel, it brings life to them. When it brings life to them, they recognize they've been cleansed from their sin sickness. Their, their legs are given strength where they were once lame and couldn't walk with Jesus, walk with God. Now they're walking with him, and now they have eyes to see him. And what he's been set apart to do. That is the work of the gospel. It brings those dry dead bones to life. Amen. Amen. What, is, what does Ephesians say? You were dead in your trespasses and sins. But through the grace of God you've been made alive unto God through Christ Jesus. Amen. And this is what he, how he works. And he said go tell them that hey blessed are those that are not offended 
in me. Then he, then he brings this out, verse 7. And they departed. Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. He's not, he's not bashing John. Now he's fixing to highlight John's work. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Did you go out to see a reed shaken by the wind? And what is the answer? Is verse 7. Did you go out into the wilderness to see? Did you go to see a reed shaken by the wind? And the answer is no. Verse 8. But did you go out to see a man clothed in soft garments? And the answer is no. What was John clothed in? Camel's hair. Indeed, those who wear soft clothes are in king's houses. That wasn't John. What did you go out to see? You went out to see a what? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this man is he of whom it was written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, Jesus, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women... There is not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John. And if you are willing to receive this, He is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. Let him hear. So what does that mean? Verse number 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until the kingdom, until now the kingdom of heaven suffers (coughs) violence. That word suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. What do you think that means? What's that? Persecution. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The word violent, the suffer violence there, I'm going to give you the tense of it in the Greek language. Is a present middle indicative voice. It's a present, talking about a simple act. It's in the middle voice, meaning those who acted, acted upon itself. That is the kingdom. And it's in an indicative voice, which is saying that it was action that required. So this is the picture. The word violent means to apply the force or strength of one's life, to give one's all. It's the idea. So the message is this, that the kingdom of God come in full force through the preaching of John And now Jesus Christ, who's coming to preach that the kingdom of God is what? At hand. That up until the law and the prophets, remember the law and the prophets was all prophetic up until a point. And then when John came on the scene, what went to be prophetic was coming. Now John begins to take and preach the message of the kingdom and the kingdom itself 
is acting upon itself with its full force to take subjects of people. That is to rescue people. That's the whole message of John. That's the whole message of Jesus. To rescue those that are perishing. And the kingdom came with the full force of itself. That is with the full demonstration of power. With the power of God behind it. And then the violent, that is those who take it upon themselves to take a hold of what this kingdom is preaching, take the kingdom of God by force. What this is saying is, is there's two things happening. One is that when John was preaching and Jesus preached the kingdom of God, it was coming with the full force of God. And that full force of God did something in the hearts of those who actually took took action themselves with, with their full force of themselves to take a hold of the message that they were preaching. It was like a picture of taking it by violence, taking the kingdom by violence. Nobody ever accidentally comes into the kingdom of God. God's full force gets behind it, and as a result, the people then come and take hold of that message that's being proclaimed, and ain't nothing going to stop them. There ain't no hypocrites going to get in the way. There ain't no sidelines that's going to prevent them. They're not going to come up with excuse after excuse. No, when the full force of the word of God is coming and then the violent take that message, that is a picture of God working in the hearts of his people to grab and cling a hold of that message and ain't nothing going to get in their way of grabbing what he gave them. That's, this is the work of God in the hearts of people to violently take a hold of that is to give one's all to the message that is proclaimed because God's given his all to the message that they're proclaiming. It's a work of God and the work of man working together into a powerful work. And to him be the glory. Amen. Amen. And this is what Jesus is saying, that God with full force came in the power of the gospel. Paul talked about it all through the message. Go, go look in 1 Thessalonians. You'll see what I'm talking about. 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 1. Remember when we mentioned this Sunday morning in Acts chapter 13? It came out of the prophetic word of, of Isaiah 49 when God said it's just too small of a matter for you, Jesus, to be salvation just for the Jews. I'm going to make you a light to the Gentiles as well. And Paul said that we see that. And the scripture says the Jews rejected that message. But the Gentiles said, can you please preach it again? We want to hear it and we'll take it. And the scripture says those that were ordained of God grabbed a hold of the kingdom. Why? Because the word of God came in full force of those Gentiles and they welcomed and received the message in faith because of what was happening. They took it by violence. They took it by force. They gave their all to the message. Because of what God was doing within them. Look what he says in verse number 2 of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. Paul said, We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Here it is. For our gospel did not come to you in word only. It came with the full force of God. It came with violence towards you. 
but also in what? Power and in the Holy Spirit and a much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you and you took it by violence and became followers of us and the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe from you the word went forth and sounded forth. And it says, in, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone out so that we don't have to say a thing about it. Verse 9, for they themselves declare concerning what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God and to wait for His Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath of come. We see two things. One, the kingdom of God came with full force upon itself to proclaim a message to those who in turn would give themselves in full force to the message that they received. That is, God was behind it, and because God was behind it and in it, it done what it came to accomplish, and that was to rescue those folks there in Thessalonica, and it transformed their lives. It changed. They turned from serving idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son and to serve Him. So that's what Jesus was saying about John. John, when he came and preached that message and the crowds came out to hear him, the full force of God's message was behind that. The kingdom itself suffered violence. That is not saying from an outside source as much as in the middle voice that it came with full force upon the people and then the people in return took a hold of it and gave themselves to it and they began to follow after. And that's exactly what happens in salvation. That God comes. If God ain't in it, it ain't going to happen. If it don't come with God's force, it doesn't matter how many times you hear it. It doesn't matter how many times it's preached to you. It's got to come with God's strength behind it. And that's what Paul is saying here. It came with power and the Holy Spirit and much assurance. That's the full force of the kingdom coming. And when it comes like that, men can't help but respond in faith to what what comes. And then they, with full force of themselves, take a hold of it in faith and grab it. The result, they turn. They turn from themselves. They turn from serving idols. And they turn to entrust to God And they serve Him and they wait. That is, they look, they serve Him until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you trust Jesus, Jesus transforms your life. Amen? Amen. So when the kingdom of God suffereth violence, that's simply saying that it came with the full force of heaven. Heaven was at hand. Amen? Amen? That's the message Jesus preached. Now, did everybody see it that way? No, they didn't. Did everybody see the kingdom in full force come that away? Mm-mm. They didn't. And that's, that's the point. They didn't. But for those that did, couldn't help but in faith grab a hold of it and cling to it. And their lives were radically transformed from their own out. And to God be the praise. Amen? You take a hold of the kingdom violently in the sense you give yourself to it, to cling to it. And you walk after it. And that's where you go back to, well, man, if I didn't give my entire self to it, 
If I didn't cling to it, if I didn't see it coming with its full force and I didn't give it with all my force and faith to grab a hold of it, I still ain't seen Jesus yet. I hadn't seen him yet. Because when you do, and it comes that way, that's the difference between heaven and hell. That's the difference between the kingdom of God having an effect on you or it just being another option for you. When it comes that way, there's only one option. And that's him. And that's what you pursue with all your heart. Amen? Amen. That's the idea of one's full force. The full force of one's life. These words about violent comes, has its root word in life and strength. So it's one given his full force of life to grab a hold of something. And I'm just thankful today that God didn't leave it up to me. Because if it was been left up to me, I would still be living for me but because he came with full force to me, I couldn't help but with full force give myself to him. Amen? Amen. That's the miracle of being brought to life. The being brought to life. Look in Ephesians real quick. What time is it? I don't have my watch on. I let one of my girls take my watch earlier today. 6.59. Already? Good night. We just started. Ephesians 2. Look in verse number one. Remember that reverse order to the message of John? The gospel's preached. Who's it preached to? The poor in spirit. Jesus said in Isaiah 61, For the Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach glad tidings to the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's right. Verse 1 of Ephesians 2 says, And you he made alive, who are what? Dead in trespasses and sins, in whom you once walked according to the course of this life, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature products of wrath, children of wrath, just as the others. But God, that but, but God, the, diff, the full force of God who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, what did he do? Oh, that full force of the kingdom of heaven It made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come we might show forth the exceeding riches of His grace and the kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is what? Oh, we, we can take where it says, for by grace you were saved. You can just say that was the kingdom of God suffering violence upon us. That was the full force of God coming. Through faith, that was the full force of us, given the full force of our strength and faith to grab a hold of what, what he brought to us. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship. We have been created in Christ Jesus for good works with God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Man, we're talking about the eternal work of God's redeeming grace and us believing 
what he has accomplished and done for us. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he came strong to us in power and in the Holy Spirit and much assurance. Amen. And we couldn't help but turn to him. Amen. Amen. And trust him. Man, for the Gentile shall trust in his name. Why? The force of heaven came to a Gentile world and said, here's my option. He's your only option because he's my only answer. He's the only solution I've given you. And you couldn't help but grab it and give you life fully to it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. We bless you. Thank you for this time that we've been able to gather to pray and pray for one another and pray for those needs that are way beyond us. We're asking you to do things that only you can do, that only you can get the credit for, only you'll get the glory in. And we're asking you to use us in power and the Holy Spirit and much assurance to bring this full force of the gospel message to those you send us to and that we too will see We'll see a, a, a dying, dead world come to life and cling to this wonderful message we have in Christ Jesus. Use us to help bring dead men to life. That their eyes will be open. That they'll see and see you in your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love y'all. Y'all have a good night.